0: I love therapy and in fact i've been going to therapy since i was around six years old though i talk about therapy a lot and may interview some therapists on the show on occasion nothing that is said in this podcast should be considered a replacement for therapy if you are struggling i urge you to please seek guidance from a therapist because you are absolutely worth it are listening to Wine Dine and 69, a podcast about dating, relationships, sex, and self-love. I am your host, Rachel Dalt. As always, I hope everyone is doing well. Uh, This is going to be a super short intro today. I am supposed to catch a train in a couple hours. I'm going to take a long weekend out of the city and take in the country air. And uh, I have a fuck ton, quite honestly, to do before. Then I have a few things to wrap up for work. Uh, I have an application to finish, a module. And oh, yes, I have to record this episode and pack as well. So lots to do, lots to fit in. We're going to keep this short and sweet. Um, I'm super excited for today's episode. I am going to be speaking with Yuval Mann about sensual alchemy. It's a fantastic conversation. This will be the last of the summer bonus episodes that I am airing. I am going to be going back to the regular biweekly format, two episodes a month, one storyteller, one expert, um, which will be it'll be good, I think. I think that it's more manageable for me and uh, it'll also open up time. I have a few really exciting things lined up for when I am ready to start interviewing again um, in probably, like, December 2021 or early 2022, Um, but I'm still taking some time to just, like, work through the stuff that I have and line up some amazing new things. There's some pretty cool and exciting things coming up. I'm really excited to share them with you. Uh, I did want to know. apologize in advance for the audio for this episode. Uh, We're doing it live, folks. And uh, it was a process of trying to figure out Zoom and the settings and everything. So I think I have it figured out. And hopefully, fingers crossed, I think this should be the last episode that's in my backlog that uh, might have issues with audio. But never say never, I suppose. Okay, I think that's it. Last thing, uh, please follow us on Facebook, on Instagram, on YouTube. And at some point, sometime by the end of this year, I will post a TikTok. I think that has to be like my new end of 2021 resolution. God help me. So uh, follow me there if you want to witness that travesty whenever it occurs. I'm sure it'll be very amusing for everyone. Most of all myself, I hope. Anyway, okay. I think that's it. If you have any questions, uh, you can email at dine at allportsopen.com. And with that being said, I'm going to cut to a quick commercial break. And please enjoy my conversation with you all. Ah, Ah, What is it, honey? It's that darn ghost again. He just won't leave us alone.
1: I guess we're just going to have to move. No, wait. Don't worry. We're not moving.
0: He is. Who are you going to call? Blokebusters. Actually, we know nothing about catching ghosts other than what we saw in that old cartoon. But if you want a podcast where we talk about film, TV, random tangents that leave you wondering, what the hell was that all about? and the occasional nugget of wisdom, then we're the ones for you. And, as you act now, you can listen to our entire back catalogue for free! Did you say free? Yes, I did. So, go now to your nearest podcatching device, shake off the ectoplasm, and download us today. Warning, listening to Blowbusters can lead to stomach cramps from laughing, headaches from attempting to remember what tangent they went on this time, and a worn-out section of your device's screen slash keyboard as you smash the replay button over and over until the next episode arrives. If your Blowbusters episode lasts longer than four hours, tell your doctor so he can listen as well.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Uh, I am here today with my guest, Yuval Mann. How are you today?
2: I'm doing beautiful. How are you?
1: I'm doing well. and I love that answer. <laughs> uh, so I'm so excited to talk to you today. We're going to get into some um, awesome conversations about how to identify yourself through sexuality. So Let's kind of start off with you telling me a bit about uh, who you are, uh, your background, and what drew you to this work.
2: Um, I'm Yuval, I uh, am originally from Israel, I'm 31, and those are some of the dry and boring technical uh, details, uh, I am also, I've been a Jewish Orthodox, and um, so I came from very religious background i've been traveling the world since 2012 i've been to the army for three years in artillery combat and for the past 10 years i've been doing a lot of different things um but 80 percent of my time was always dedicated to what i was mostly fascinated by which was sexuality relationships communication and yeah women (laughs) <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, this uh, beautiful, incredibly complex creature um uh, women, yeah. And so um, I've never thought that I'm going to work in this field or help people communicate themselves with, better with the world. Um, but uh, it kind of happens. It's the first thing that I'm doing in my life that feels that it happens through me rather than something that I planned. Mm, okay. Um. Yeah, I was just a few years ago uh, traveling around the world with suits and bottom-up shirts and raising money from really rich people in Southeast Asia for startups in in you know in Israel and other states. So I've never thought in my life that I'm gonna actually talk with people about sexuality and relationships. And um, yeah, here we are. It happens.
1: Yeah. How, how uh, did that journey kind of start? I mean, I know that your upbringing was um, really traditional, right?
2: Yes, it was. I never felt connected to divinity and God through what I was experiencing them. It was very much devoted from heart. And I don't know if you're familiar, but these days um, in many religions, by the way, not just in Judaism, but the parts of the religion that is really about the individual direct experience with God is usually forbidden, like the Kabbalah or Hasidic uh, mm-hmm. Jew Judaism. You have the same things in Christianity and Islam, um, and um, it makes sense. You know, the the system has to bring a story in which your individual oneness with god has to come come through um a mediating uh, entity uh, the church and yeah, uh, you know, the judaism you have the rabbi or the, the community or whatever and so i was not born into a religious family we were secular in the beginning actually my parents were spiritual seekers hippies psychedelics all the shebang oh, okay. and um then at some point my dad had cancer and we switched um, and it was a lot um, thanks to me, actually. Um, I was the little spiritual seeker of the family. And I w- I wanted to, you know, to do some rituals and pray and all kinds of things. And so uh, there was a process that started when I was 10 and continued. My family is still very much in the Judaism community, but I... No matter what institute I was going to, I've never, I was always doubtful. I never felt connected. It was always, it didn't make sense to me that I need to do certain things and behave in a certain way for me to have a direct experience, which I've never had. And so finally I found my way out and um, yeah, I went to the army and there I dropped my connection to god and forgot about it completely and mm. i identified very much with my intellect and rational thinking and uh continue living my life from nihilistic, nihilistic um, kind of viewpoints and i just wanted to when i finished with the army i just wanted to travel and have fun and that took me to very interesting places Um, and uh, here we are, yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Amazing, what a cool journey Um, and I love that, you know, you've experienced so much, so many different ways of thinking and I I think that's really healthy. It it allows you to uh, really have a wide breadth of information and knowledge and uh, to make your own decisions about the world and how you see it.
2: Yeah, I mean, now... You know, I kind of like circled back to you know, doing from the heart. Mm-hmm. I felt that a, about a year, a year ago, I had this spontaneous heart opening and just for some whatever gracious reason I I met I met God again, you can say. I mean, I know that mm-hmm. some people are a bit confused about what the word God means. So I'm gonna clarify God for me is, is um placeholder for us linguistic beings to try to have a symbol or a word, something that we can look at for the unexplainable, for the entire process, the wholeness of life itself. And so uh, I remet this thing through my heart and uh, started identifying identifying less with my thoughts and my rational minds. And so my work with people really took a turn. And now it has a completely different nature to it.
1: That's fantastic. Anyway, uh, you run a, you have a website uh, and you work here to train and teach people um, how to get connected with themselves through sex and sensual alchemy. And so I kind of want you to tell me like, what is sensual alchemy? Start like kind of where that idea came from and, and what that education looks like.
2: Sure. So there are two main realms that I'm kind of like um, immersed into when it comes to my work with people. One is what you might say the this, this sensual world, which sensual is not just in the sexual aspect of it, but everything that we can sense with our senses. And so I help people re-examine um, the relationship with sexuality and relationships and communication, and so they can. Find meaning and find deeper um, connection to themselves, to their partners, to their bodies, to life through um, re-examining the relationship with their sexuality. So using whatever experience they are having in their sensual life to, you know, have a richer, deeper, more meaningful, more joyful life experience um which is the central alchemy that i'm working on you can say that it's uh, the tantric way uh, my background is not in tantra but it's the idea of tantra which a lot of people confuse sometimes because in our in the western culture you got very much connected to sexuality mm-hmm. but actually in the original scriptures it has nothing to do with sex it's just about how to use every moment every life experience everything that we experience through our senses and make it your spiritual work, make it your, you know, devote to the divine. Um, and sex is part of it because sex is just part of the life, what we experience with our senses. And there is the other part of it, which is work of the heart. And um, that work I do mostly one-on-one with people and through my writings and other mediums. And there, uh, it's really, <laughs> it's simply just plugging together into a space of heart openness to so experiencing life less through our mind and more through mm-hmm. our hearts. And that uh, involves a lot of major changes in how people start experiencing their relationship with their, themselves, the relationship with God and the divine, their relationship with their partners, their work, and everything else. And um, so, yeah, it depends on the human beings and what kind of experience that they're having and where they're at in their journey. Um, but yeah, it's kind of like the book. Period.
1: That's beautiful. Yeah, I think it's, it's so important. I mean, uh, there are different levels of, of sex, right? There's sex that is uh, purely physical and that is just about um, getting off. Uh, orgasm, and then there's sex that you know uh, you might have with a partner. That's connected sex, but then there's like this extra level of connectedness that can be even beyond that, which is like almost like spiritual.
2: Yes, yeah. I mean, we we walk around life, and we are we are hungry for something. You know, like why 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 are we even relating? Why why having sex? Why are we going out there and seeking partners and to open our hearts, even though it's uh, pretty. You know, often a very confusing and painful process, mm-hmm. you know. And um, the reason is because we are hungry for something. We are hungry for that unity and love that we can feel with another person. The thing is that we get stuck on the mid met- of the method, you know, which means we get into relationships and this other person opens our heart in certain ways and helps us feel this unity that we were so, so craving for. But then our direct experience with that divinity, with that openness, with that love, is depends on another person. And so, you know, where will you be tomorrow? And where will you be on Tuesday? And what if you die? What if, if you leave me? What if you decide to go and play with someone else?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, what, what, what then? You know, how can I be, how will I be connected to love then? And so something beautiful happens when we realize that that love, and unity that we are seeking is already within us. And that state of being, this sweetness and joy that we're experiencing, is we love everything and everyone suddenly when and do crazy things when we are in love. That state of mind, that state of being is already existing within all of us. It's just that we experience a glimpse of it through connecting with other people. But there are other ways in which we can experience that being in love all the time. Mm. And our baby life whether we are in a relationship or not how long we're in a relationship what is the behavior of our partner towards us and how they trigger us and all those kind of things and i think that you're right when you said there is this physical level and there is the the social dynamic level mm-hmm. which we not just satisfy our you know physical needs of orgasms but we also satisfy some deeper emotional needs in that like You know, connectedness and intimacy and so on. But then there is even higher planes of not higher in hierarchical level, but just deeper, more spiritual planes of reality in which we meet each other's soul and we connect on such a level that we really experience somewhat of a religious experience together through sexuality. Definitely. And yeah.
1: I wonder, like, I feel like that's so rare to have that like level of spiritual connection during sex what do you how do you work with you know singles couples um uh different types of people to try to reach that like what does that practice look like
2: so as with every spiritual practice there is this paradox of you know there is this beautiful um story of a zen master and uh he's he's uh, you know, the buttee is his uh, student came to him and asked, like, Master, how long will it take me to get enlightened? And he says, 10 uh, years. And then the student says, what if I'm going to surpass all the students in the Zen monastery here and I'm going to study all day, all night, going to just meditate for 24-7, just going to really give it my all? And the master says, 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> And then he says, but what if I really, really, really put everything into it? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to eat. I'm not going to sleep. I'm not going to just, and then he says, 30 years. And just keep going and adding more numbers. Right. And I love this story because when it comes to a more spiritual attitude towards life, there is this paradox in which obviously you're engaging in in life and you're getting know, spiritually because you want to get something, right? You're seeking something. There's a reason why you go to and work and you start projects, or you go into a relationship, or you have sex with someone, or you go and do your spiritual practices. You want to get somewhere. The thing is that keeping our eye on that target and trying to aim somewhere to get enlightened, to get more spiritual sex, to get better in the bedroom, to get X, Y, Z is what's really holding us back from being here right now, which is where divinity actually is. And so something really beautiful happens with people when I help them flip that view from looking to somewhere in the future and flipping it to this moment right now, because the future hasn't happened and you have no idea how it's going to unfold. And the past already happened, so it has no relevancy. And everything happens right now. You don't need to be a monk or a highly spiritual being, whatever (laughs) other nonsense. You can just be anyone when you drop back into the moment and you bring the fullness of your awareness into right now, the sensations in your body, your breath, your presence of your partner, looking in their eyes and meeting God through them, looking, seeing their soul instead of their, only their body and really dropping into the moment then this is how it happens, you know? And you do it over and over again and you become more aware and more present and you explore that reality for yourself and you, yeah, you will experience more and more of it. There are practices like in spiritual teachings or in life, there are ways to do things better, but it's just what it is. It's a practice, practice for what? Practice to experiencing more of what is right now, you know? And so there are practices like breathing, um, you know, breathing deeply and slowly with open chest and practices like tantric practices, like sublimation of sexual energy. So when you, even if, if, even if you're alone or with your partner and you feel the sexual tension rising up in your, uh, you know, in your reproductive area, you consciously move that life force move that energy up your spine and to your mm. heart and to your partner's heart and then to your, both of your minds and you know and up and up and you constantly and you do it with breathing and with sublimation of that it calls sexual energy sublimation and transmutation depends which tradition you're coming from and the idea is to take that life force energy that is powerful within us and you don't have need to be super spiritual for that you can just look at it as a peak state that is happening in your body right now. And you can take that and move that up your body um, to drive more connectedness, more intimacy, and yeah, divinity into the into the connection.
1: That's beautiful. I guess I wonder what about if there are people, I know that you have a lot of thoughts and you mentioned that. Uh, this is something you could talk about. So, what about people who want something really deep and connected? And, and they're they're really searching for that, but they keep finding themselves in these casual relationships or with people who don't want that connection or are really just focused on, on a physical or like a friends with benefit situation. Like, how how does somebody who really hungers for that more connected? relationship both in, in and out of the bedroom. How how can I work to find that?
2: Well I obviously that's a very individual kind of process and journey and it depends where you start and where you end. But I can give a few sure. points that I you know that worked for me in my subjective journey, in my subjective experience. And for me what was really a big transition was to first stop Um, measuring the importance and the depth of relationships by their length. Mm, So, you know, we have this false idea that somehow meeting someone for one night is less divine or important or deep than staying for someone for 10 years. And once we start looking at people as souls, and hearts, you know, beyond their personality and beyond the time to spend together and really look deeper. And realize that we meet whoever we need to meet in this lifetime. And there is no such thing as people who are less spiritual than you. There is just human beings who are just as divine and just as godly in you. Once you're open and ready to meet that. And when you're open to that and you look in their eyes and you see their soul, it doesn't really matter if you're spending one minute in time, 10 years in time, once you meet them with your heart. Because you can do incredible, incredible, long-lasting, meaningful, impactful things together in one night. You know? So I would encourage people to switch their attitudes, not to what kind of relationship am I looking for, but rather who am I? in a relationship, what Mm -hmm. am I bringing in? Am I looking for sexual gratification or am I ready to deeper level of intimacy? Am I ready for deeper level of connectedness? When I'm looking at another person, am I looking for how can this human being satisfy my needs, physical, emotional needs? Or am I ready to flip the script and be like, how can I help? How can I love you today? You know, and I feel yeah. that even that that switch changes the reality for a lot of people because they stop seeing this oh this this is not a serious relationship. I want something else. We all have this predicament as human beings we everything that we need happens right now, but we want something else. Yeah. I want different relationship if I'm not in a relationship, I want to be in one, if I'm in one, I want to get out of one. if I have that kind of much of money, I want that kind of much money if I want you know. If I'm in this country. I want to go to this country. Everything in order for us to satisfy this hunger that we started the conversation um, with. Until there is a point in which we realize that all that we are seeking is right here. You know? Yeah. And that the people, that the person that is in front of me right now is the person that is the doorway for God for me right now let's explore that. Sometimes it will include sex, sometimes it will include a cuddle, sometimes it will include a beautiful conversation and uh, a a friendship that will come out of it, and who knows, you know, but I'm open, I'm here, you know, I'm not trying to build, you know, um, mountains in my head and some Mm -hmm. fantasies of where this relationship is going and Will we have sex or not? And how will I make it so we will if I want to? Or we're we going to get married, have kids? whatever. Who cares? It happens right now. You know, even if we go, up, continue and get into a relationship that you quote unquote want and desire, some other challenges will come. You know, we'll get into a relationship and we have a honeymoon phase, and then some other challenges will arise, and then
1: mm, definitely. You
2: know, so. From that perspective, it doesn't really matter what are you're choosing to take. If you go to this direction, some things will happen. Some challenges will arise. Some lessons will be learned. And if you go to that direction, the same things will happen. So instead of trying to constantly mold reality into our own likings and what do I want? So is this relationship enough for me? Or instead of just here we are, this moment, right now, how can I pack this moment open to God.
1: Hmm? Yeah, <laughs> definitely. I feel like that's so difficult to do sometimes, especially if you're somebody who gets in, in their head so frequently, but uh, it's it's such good practice. and like, uh, it's so important to, I'm trying to remind myself of that all the time, of how important this moment is.
2: It's about remembering, you know, because it's not, it's not work and it's not something that is difficult. What's difficult is us judging ourselves for not being in the moment. That's what's making it mm. difficult. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, you know? it's just about remembrance. Once you, once it clicked once and you're like, hmm, actually, this is really how it is, then it's a snowball, you know? So consciousness has just been upgraded. I just This is how I perceive it. Um, and now when something will come up, you will remember after 10 minutes that, oh, actually, why am I just caught, so caught up in my imagination? Why mm-hmm. don't I just be in the moment? Take a breath. Okay, I'm in the moment. Cool. Next time it will be five minutes. Next time it will be one minute. The next time yeah. and you just, you're just there. Sure. You know, out of the get-go.
1: Yeah, that's, that's important. And I think that's a really good point too, Is is not judging yourself when you're not just working on practicing on reminding yourself uh, how important it is to to try to get back there but not judging yourself if it doesn't happen easily
2: yeah because even you even forgetfulness is part of the process it's part of the Mm -hmm. you know what is and i think the beginning my work revolved around you know and still is you know the sensual alchemy part is very much um, about you know spiking up things in the bedroom both you know emotionally physically spiritually from a technical perspective as well from a conceptual perspective um things from like uh, sensual massages to squirting to all kinds of beautiful things and then yeah, what's
1: some of the the uh stuff that you look at with your clients
2: so on the sensual alchemy part there is a lot of that and then you know a lot of technical stuff with demonstrations with you know I, I was doing a lot of I was a lot of busy with people on the method you know how can you spice things up and have more fun and more pleasure mm-hmm. which is absolutely incredible and important and I believe in it and stand behind it. But ultimately I got to the realization after working with people for a while on that level that's Wait. way more important and all of that. And uh, you know if you can make her squirt and how many times she orgasms and
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know and so on and so forth way 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 more important is how much of you is actually there. Yes. Because it also it also happened to me that I myself got stuck in my methods, you know, and I, I got connected with someone intimately in a beautiful way. And I it happened to me uh, some you know once that she stopped me and she was like I feel like you're just repeating things that you already know. <laughs> it feels amazing but I don't want that. I want you. Yeah. You know? yeah and it was a really beautiful reminder because it's like where are you hey, why? why am I where am i trying to get you know mm-hmm. and so it's kind of for me it's kind of like balancing between this because honestly even if you not going to know any of that information but you just focus the fullness of your attention on being more and more and more in the moment magic will start happening and then maybe you're not gonna discover right off the bat how to make her squirt or, or orgasm in different ways or, or do a tantric central massage, but you're gonna gain really deep connection with your partner, and some beautiful things can come out of that. And your natural curiosity will lead you to incredible places and things that you that are new to both of you, but actually authentic. Actually arise from the moment and from the very unique connection that just you and her are sharing um and so there is there is space for both but yeah
1: yeah that's incredible since i,
2: since I cannot teach technical stuff necessarily on the on a, on a voice
0: right
2: conversation <laughs> with people so focus on being more present that's going to do a lot to your relationship
1: i think that's so true and um, such an important reminder. Um, Well, what did, when you decided to kind of take this path, what exploration did you do? What research did you do? I mean, I know you mentioned um, like Tantra and uh, on your site, I know that you talk about like kink as an exploration thing. Like it it really seems like you just dove into trying to learn everything that you possibly could about different ways of connecting through sexuality and identifying yourself, your sexuality. Like talk to me about that process and what that was like
2: so it started when i was fresh out of the army i was had sex for the first time when i was 22 so i was quite inexperienced and not very um you know comfortable around women around sexuality sure. but that time was so fun that i was like i had i remember having this notion that like, that's just what I want to do.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, and it came together with traveling and meeting different people, getting in and out of relationships and growing and experiencing, experimenting and experiencing. I started with reading a lot. Because um, in the beginning, I just saw that there was not a lot of information out there available. Like, what I could find online was either, like, very spiritual and... Mm-hmm. You know, the Anferth English we talked about, that at the time was not my language at all. Or, um, some, yeah, there was not, not, not much going on. Uh, YouTube was not, that, not as huge as it is now. There was sure. no, yeah. And so I was just, I read what I could and, um, started uh, just experiencing for myself, you know, just really, um, rolling my sleeves and uh, just living life and uh, engaging trying to, to experience for myself. And so um, at some point I got really involved in the fetish scene, positive uh, environments like uh, fetish clubs and uh, orgies and sex positive events of sorts that I was either participating or even facilitating for a while. And um, and always yeah at some point i was also i was in a business trip in japan and i saw a um, show a bondage show it's called mm-hmm. shibari it's a form of art it's Japanese bondage art and i got so fascinated and also my girlfriend at the time was really drawn to it so i was like okay it's, it's a good opportunity let's let's learn so i found a master in uh, in tokyo and i was learning from him for a while and then over the over the years Even after our relationship ended, I continued being really fascinated by it. Uh, And for a while, I was also doing it as uh, work. I was actually giving sessions and, you know, doing some performances. And all of these years, these 10 years, my interaction with sexuality was mostly what I, from what I call the dark side. Okay. Um. And that was my my drive towards, you know, fetish, BDSM, power dynamics. Um, It fascinates me, really fascinated me. This bringing power dynamics into connecting with another being from a conscious place, from a consensual conscious place and playing it out and doing the craziest, most outrageous things uh, together, also mm-hmm. obviously in a safe and consensual and loving environment.
0: Nice.
2: Um, and that was really the, the drive that, you know, was really, yeah.
1: Why dark side though? You said that that's the dark side.
2: Dark side is not in a, in, in a negative way. I you know that okay. people have this association with dark as something bad. It's, I think we all have our shadows and, and dark sides and all have our light side. And so I'm referring to the more divine, you know, slowness, intimate part of or or side of, of, you know, uh, connecting sexually with each other as the light side of it. And the dark is like Uh diving into the, you know, the sexual deviancy that is within all of us and really exploring our, you know, deepest, darkest fantasies and weirdness um, in a safe space.
1: Definitely. Um, okay, I see.
2: Yeah, so um, when I'm looking back now and connecting the dots, that whole 10 years, this whole involvement with the dark side, with the central stuff was Tantra. I didn't know what Tantra even is back then, but that is Tantra. You know, That is working with the energies that are created when we interact with the world, when we interact with our senses. And No matter where I was, if it was just having sex with a partner at home or like having a wild night in a fetish club in New York or a sex sex, um, event of of sorts in Berlin or whatever. Mm -hmm. No matter what I was, for me, it was never about just hedonism and satisfying my needs. I was always really fascinated by the psychological human factor of all yeah. of us and how yeah. people relate and connect with each other and what what are the long-term positive influences that can arise from exploring uh, those areas with people and so I found for example what was really I was really drawn to is the element of healing and help that I was very often meeting through working with someone or You know, engaging with someone from a place of a power dynamic—a healthy, you know, and dominant-submission or any kind of other power dynamic—and either with ropes or without—and what kind of long-term effects it can have on someone's well-being. You know, when I'm bringing my powers and with a lot of love and care and 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 softness, combined with my harshness into the space, and what it can create for someone else. So, I highly encourage people, you know, um, exploring that with our the, with partners.
1: Absolutely. yeah, I, I love that um, that that difference between the spiritual and just kind of the the hunger that we have physically. Um, they seem so separate, but they they're also so intricately intertwined, I would say.
2: Yeah, it's all the same. There was nothing less spiritual in the darkest corners of the fetish club that I was visiting on a very weird, strange night than, you know, being in a beautiful, beautifully light room with like nice white clothes and like making love, tantric love with someone. You know, mm-hmm. this is not more spiritual than the other. It's all, it's all spirit.
1: You know? Yeah. No, I, I definitely see that. That's a really beautiful way of looking at it. Um well, I guess I'm wondering how can happiness in our sex lives help us identify with ourselves and bring happiness to other areas of our life? Well,
2: everything has the potential to bring more happiness to our life when we start looking at that as the next lesson you know, as mm. signing up to the school of life and taking the curriculum. Right. And so, you know, one element of it was like, yeah, I mean, I'm going to spice things up and make my sex life better and learn how to communicate better. And that will eventually add to my overall happiness. But at the same time, getting a little bit deeper, the happiness and when I'm saying happiness, I'm not talking about a fleeting emotion. I'm talking about a state of being. Because mm-hmm. happiness and emotion is coming and going. There's no, you don't need to optimize to be happy all the time. I'm talking about happiness as a state of being, which is a more constant thing, potentially. And is when you start looking at things instead of this goal in the future that I want to get to, of like when I will have. I will learn to become multi orgasmic or I will learn to become a sex god in the bedroom. Then I'm going to be happier. But rather, what is what I'm experiencing right now has to tell me? You know, is it some kind of uh, sexual challenge that i having in the bedroom? Is it some kind of challenge connecting intimately with people and showing up and being authentic and vulnerable? Is it being single and feeling a little bit lonely or inadequate and loved, you know, or some body image stuff that I... Whatever it is, to re-observe that and re-examine it rather from a place of negativity and, you know, how can I change it? And rather looking at it with eyes of love and being like, hey, well, I'm here and I'm signing up to this school of life. This is my curriculum. Mm. Let's see where this is taking me. Because whatever challenging challenge you are experiencing, if you're aware of it and open to receive what what is coming for you, is going to put you on a beautiful path of growth. You know, so that pain is important too. And that I think is real happiness is a happiness that is a state of being rather than an emotion. Because happiness that is an emotion, it's always fleeting. It's always it depends on something. So I will have this relationship and then. I'm going to satisfy myself with that. So I'm going to want the next one. And then I'm going to have this car. I'm going to want the next car because that happiness is just, can never be fully fulfilled. But when we are able to look at reality in in this moment as everything that we will ever need, that we really need is here right now. Then happiness become more of a state of being, more of a constant state of being that we can be
1: in. Absolutely. I love that. Yeah, that's incredible. Um, and so hard. <laughs> I think it's so much harder than uh, we we think it is in theory. We're like, oh, it's it's uh we just meditate or work on staying present. But I, I feel like it's so much more difficult than that. Um, and, and again, I love what you said about you know being gentle in ourselves when when it doesn't, when it's not easy. So it's
2: hard when we will ourselves as a separate entity from the rest of the cosmos and the rest of reality. And we perceive ourselves as this individual entity trying to survive and, and make it. But once we get in touch with the reality in which we are part of it all, we are a participant, a joyful participant of it all. That is way more, connected it becomes way easier to surrender and let go to what is happening because it becomes less about a goal to attain but rather wow i'm you know i can see that i will never grasp the fullness of what is but at the same time i'm choosing to be a joyful participant in it and that includes every moment of life not just when you do some spiritual work or go to a retreat or having amazing sex with your partner it includes all of the moments from washing dishes to having an argument to like, you know, whatever it is, meet it as you would meet God, because it is.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, what would you say are some common roadblocks uh, that people who want to work with you have? They come to you and, and they say, you know, "I'm having this." issue what what are some of the things that people have trouble um with dealing in their lives that you help them with
2: so i think it all comes from exactly what we're talking about you know the mm-hmm. unwillingness to surrender to what is which comes from identification with our personality meaning I am a separate entity, and I need to mold reality into my own likings. You know, if I'm having this problem, how can I solve it? How can I get? How can I get in love and and fall in love and get into a relationship and set myself to what I want? And what I notice is that when and if they finally clicked and they let go and really get that idea of surrender and start engaging with life from that heart space, not from the mind space that always wants to make it from the heart space, you know, loving it all, loving my pains, loving my pleasures, loving where I'm at, loving my partner, really meeting all and every moment from the heart. Everything starts to fall into place. Like they start to make more money and the relationship relaxed and they start feeling in much deeper love and connection to their partner, much more satisfying relationships. And whatever the situation is, it starts to just be beautiful. Whether it's painful or pleasurable, it's just wonderful and they can appreciate it. And lot of incredible things are happening. So they come to me and they want to have more sex, better sex, better relationships, better communication, so on and so forth. And they end up getting all of these, but not through, you know, doing, rather through not doing, in a sense. Sure.
1: Yes. <laughs> Which is counterintuitive. But uh, I mean, I can only speak for myself that my life is so much better when I focus on those things that you're talking about.
2: And so, yeah, I mean, this is mostly what I see. I mean, the challenges are varied you know some people have challenges showing up and being authentic and vulnerable and connecting some people have some sexual trauma i work with a lot of women that have been abused and raped that's unfortunately a very real um Mm -hmm. reality in our society i work with a lot of men that haven't yet found the connection between their cock to their heart Mm -hmm. and still play in the playing field of manipulating women's hearts into being with them. And not from a sinister point of view because we we never experienced anything else. And so we work on that, so connecting that, connecting everything to the heart and really figuring out what does it mean to devote yourself to a woman fully. Even if it's one night or 10 years, that's really matter. And some people have some sexual um, challenges, like, I don't know, people who are in long-term relationships and kind of like lost the, the, the polarity or some people that find it difficult to express themselves sexually openly and really explore what it is that they want. So but I feel that whatever it is. When we examine that from the perspective of what this that has to teach me and how beautiful that is, no matter how uncomfortable and painful, that really flipped the script and things are starting to unfold for them in really beautiful ways, even though it feels counterproductive to the mind. Like we always wants to give me the teaching, give me the technique, give me the meditation, give me the thing that will solve mm-hmm. my problems.
1: Right yeah. That's amazing. And I I love the work that you're doing. It's, it's so important. And uh, just to have those resources and to have somebody to go to, I mean, I I think that everybody can use um, resources like this and, and work like this, Um, just working to be present, uh, be connected to yourself and, uh, focus on the connections that you're having in, in the here and now. It's really incredible. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, can you let uh, people know where they can find you? I know you have a website. Is there social media? This is just kind of your time to, to, uh, promote where people can, can find you and work with you.
2: Sure, yeah. I would be happy to connect with people like me, yeah. And um, so, I have a website, it's com. There's also my Instagram, which is Uvalman.s, um, or just Central Alchemy, you'll probably find me. And yeah, there's also Facebook, there's a community, that uh, you can join, just connect to me and ask me about that, and I would be okay. more than happy to assist and see how I can help.
1: Amazing. Well thank you so much for talking with me today. Uh, I feel like, uh, it's so funny, I feel like these interviews come at the exact time in my life that I need to to learn something from, from my guest, and I've been working on being present and, and happy as a state of being. Uh, so much lately and so i feel like this is a really important solidifying conversation for me to have right now
2: thank you thank you for inviting me um, yeah. i'm really happy to be here
1: amazing well everybody thank you so much for listening uh be sure to find you all on all the social medias check out the website uh, you have been listening to wine dine and 69 i am your host rachel dalton and let's keep dying.